well, let's get started. And tonight we are, um, we're having issues with the, sli the, the slides, but um, we've titled tonight, Kingdom Works, Ministering to Our Covenant Children. And what's exciting is that, you know what, it's about all of us because the kids that um, are part of this church become all of ours. So um, anyway, there'll be something for each of us to take away. But as we get started, I thought something that might be helpful is for me to just share um, a little bit of my story. Um, I know most of you and some of you m well, um, I've known you for years, but I thought it might be helpful, a few things that you may not know about me. And um, Joe Deegan, who put on a concert, he's the RYM worship leader, he did it in Oxford a few weeks ago. He has a um, session that he does at RYM, and it's um, called Storytelling. And he said, if I can suck you in with a story, you'll be listening, you'll be my captive audience. So hopefully that's um, the goal here. But um, anyway, so, um, and just to kind of um, piggy, piggyback off that one story, um, or the story is, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my life, which is just a little little drop in the bucket compared to um, the great story we have to tell, and that's about Christ. And uh, for many of you, you may know this, we teach your children on Sunday mornings. Our curriculum is called One Story. And so that's kind of our overarching. We teach through the whole Bible. We don't skip around um, from story to story, but we teach chapter and verses and everything. And um, anyway, it's really great. Sometimes the kids might wonder how that relates, but what's really great is we get God's, all of his instruction in the one story from when they're little to when they um, hit the fifth, sixth grade. So anyway, as, as we think about that one story and my little story that's part of it, I'm going to tell you just a few things about me. Um, grew up in Wisconsin. I don't know if any of you know that. God's country. And um, I don't know if I can say that down here, but anyway, I grew up in Wisconsin. I'm from a large family. I've got five sisters and a brother and lots of noise, lots of commotion, lots of energy was going on in our house. But in the midst of all that, um, my mom and dad, um, specifically my mom, she um, year after year taught CEF, which is um, Child Evangelism Fellowship. And it was a club that was taught in our home. And so we would bring neighbor kids or we would, kids would walk home with us from school. And it was just like an hour class and my mom would teach it every week. And the reason I mention that and is because it was through that club that I came to know Christ, but it was in our home. And um, you'll hear that mentioned a lot tonight, the home. And as we minister to our children, there's so much that happens within the homes. And so I hope that this is, that's encouraging to you um, tonight as you hear that. And you walk away renewed and refreshed to know, hey, we got this. And it's, a lot of this is going to happen within our own homes. Um, don't underestimate the power of God's work in the home. Um, you know, I think as parents day in, day out, and there's a lot that goes on, a lot that's happening. And sometimes we're not even thinking of what we're saying and we're just saying, but you know, our kids are taking all that in. Um, what, no matter what age they are, if they're little or even if they're teenagers, they're taking it in and they'll let us know when we're wrong and they'll keep us on track and help us, help us to go through, grow through the process too. Um, anyway, as we, um, think about this, um, well, let me continue a little bit more on, on our story. Greg and I have been at Lawndale for about 25 years. And I know that to some of you, that sounds like a really long time, but 
Believe me, it happens fast. Um, we've been here for about 25 years and um, are in the process of raising seven girls. Um, I say that because we're not done yet. And we still have two within our home. Plus we've got, um, the, the brain is slow in processing. Just because they get their driver's license doesn't mean they've arrived. So keep, keep at it, parents. If you've got teenagers, even college kids, stay at it. They still need your wisdom and input um, to kind of guide them and direct them through life. But um, the committee at um, Lawndale here that I serve on is the Christian Ed Committee, and somehow I got snagged early on, and I have been on that committee for a long time, and there's many of you who've served on it through the years um, and have maybe cycled off or whatever. Somehow I'm still on that committee, but um, it's been good, and I say that um, to say this, that Years ago, my mom and dad encouraged us to go to a year of Bible school. And um, all my sisters and brothers took, took them up on, thought that was a good idea and did it. And I didn't really know which path I was going in life, um, but thought, yeah, I would do that. And ended up staying for four years, got a degree in Christian ed. And then um, after that, didn't really know how I would use it. And what's exciting is that God has a way of winding our paths all different ways and the people that we run into. And each of you, the path that you're on right now and the lives that you touch, um, you know, it's, it's purposeful. And um, that is, that's really exciting. And so anyway, that's actually, well, and actually I, I messed up on this one. So let me... Um, hit on this real quick. Um, I know it's not as big as it should be that you could see it the best way, but as we were talking about the home and where a lot of, um, like I, t I talked about my life being changed um, in becoming a believer, um, I'm, I'm reminded of the, the verse in Deuteronomy that says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and might. And I love that word might because might means you've got to put some effort into it. And so um, for all of us raising children and as we are going to be ministering to our covenant children, it's going to take energy. It's going to take something out of us. Um, you shall teach these words when you sit, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. And great, I mean, that's pretty comprehensive. I think that hits on every part of what we are and everything that we do. Um, love that verse, come back to it many, many times, um, you know, through, through the day. But anyway, as I was explaining that and, uh, you know, how God kind of has led me here um, and just the path of um, going to Bible school and all of that, I think, you know, it leads us to the point of it's really, really, really exciting to be part of the body of Christ. That we don't know where God's going to lead us, how he's going to use the talent that we have um, for his glory. But, um, it's, it's exciting. And I hope, you know, there's some days where I might just be sitting there and thinking and I'll get a big smile on my face and I'll think, my life is good. And not because of anything necessarily that I've done, partly by the people that are surrounding me and because of what Christ has done. And I think that um, we've talked in Bible study on Monday night, just our richness in Christ, that um, being part of the body. And as we think of this, um, Greg, see if it'll bring up the next one. Okay, uh, we're, our slides are off a tiny bit, but this kind of going back to, um, as we think of the home, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump around, but maybe this will be working now for us, but um, Psalm 145.5 reminds me, one generation will commend your works to another, they will tell of your mighty acts. And as I was contemplating this and thinking about it, I thought, you know, the antithesis the antithesis of this is, one generation doesn't commend your works to another. 
And then nobody's heard of God's mighty acts. And so we've got a choice what, what we're going to do, how we're going to live, what, we're, what our home life is going to look like. And so, you know, keep that in mind and our body life here, you know, at Lawndale. Um, so as we move forward, um, uh, see if you can hit the next one. As we are the body of Christ and as we, it's not, okay, <laughs> it's okay. Um, the next uh, slide, actually, um, it, it says, um, I can't remember the very top, but anyway, it says, talking about our vows. As a member of Lawndale, we take vows, obviously. And I think it's very intentional and purposeful that we stand up in the front and that we also are hearing these because oftentimes, and I hope for you, and I mean, this happens for me, um, I'm reminded of that vow that I stood up there and took not that long ago. And the, the greatness is that um, these are, um, they are intentional, they are, um, okay, great. Um, they are intentional, and, but they're, they don't stop there. They're proactive. Um, it, as I read this one, it says, this is just one of the questions. Do you promise to support the church in its worship and work to the best of your ability? Um, that last part, best of your ability, I'm reminded of that word we read before, might. It's putting forth effort. It's going to take work. And the idea, the best of my ability, you know, am I doing, am I doing that? And worship and work, I guess that's pretty self-explanatory. Our worship is obviously gathering together in, in many forms, whether it's through singing and other things. But work is how we're, what we're doing, what we're doing in the church. And um, so um, in regard to that, I, I found this um, D.A. Carson um, quote that says, slavery to God is perfect freedom. And you know, I think for anybody who's a worker or a slave, it's like you find out your job and you go to it. You get going, but you're at peace there. And you're actually, you have freedom because it's like, I'm not wondering what I'm supposed to be doing. I got this. This is my work. This is what I'm doing. And you settle in and you're happy and you're, you have perfect freedom. Um, you know, so I'm, I, anyway, as I was thinking about that, I was really encouraged um, as we're building kind of um, to see what the body totally looks like here. Another part from the book of church order is, do you as a congregation undertake the responsibility of assisting the parents in the Christian nurture of this child? And I think it's real clear, um, this is a celebration of baptism. And most of our children, most of the, or most of the baptisms that occur at Lawndale happen to our children. Um, and so as we commit to this and we raise our hand or we say yes, um, this is really important. Um, these children are ours from day one. Um, and what are we going to do with them? Obviously, you know, we go back to the home. That's where it's starting. That's where the core, the base is. But that's spreading out to us, the body, to what we're going to do with what God's given us as abilities. All right. Can you get to the next one? Okay, we'll get to it when we get to it. Um, but the next one's a picture of a, um, of a target. And that is, where is my spot? 
where am I? Where's my bullseye? Where do I fit? And, um, you know, I, I guess as we think of that, um, you know, I think there's plenty of people who are like, nope, I don't teach. Nope, I don't do little kids. Don't do the nursery. And that's okay. That is totally fine. We all have not only our seasons, but we have our gifts and abilities. Um, I love that, that song that Rusty Benson leads us in, um, We Are the Body of Christ. And I absolutely love looking around at every one of you and thinking, they do that. They do that. Oh, yes, because we all have different talents and abilities. And that's what makes us whole here at Lawndale um, when we're all using those. And it actually makes us healthy. When you think of it, if the body um, has something wrong with it, it's not going to compete at its maximum um, capacity or what it can do it's the best at. But when it's whole, when it, each person is doing their part, that's when we... Um, we do the best. Okay. So um, anyway, teaching is an option. That's only one option. Um, we can do Wednesday nights. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we teach the catechism to our kids on Wednesday nights. Um, we do, we have Sunday school, obviously, for um, all different ages. We've got um, uh, Bible studies that can happen. And you know, if you feel led, I, no one is probably going to decline your offer if you say, hey, I'd really love to have some fourth graders over to my house. I've got a fourth grader and I want to bring some more over. We're going to have a great time. And then we're just going to sit down and I'm going to do a fun object lesson with them. You know, these things like that, they mark children. They mark the parents. They mark the body in general. So um, that, that, those are some ways of teaching. But another, and I love this, is that, because um, I can look back on my own life and see people who have changed me because of their time that they invested. But a thing like the church work day, you come out and say, all of a sudden you get this job and a few kids get tasked to the job with you. What an opportunity for you to work with them, maybe help them along to show them how best to do it. But that becomes a teaching moment. And that kid may walk away and go, you know, I really like Mr. or Mrs. or whoever, because they really, they really taught me something. And you might go, I did, you know, so don't underestimate what you can do um, here at Lawndale and in the roles like that. You know, I think not for a moment, and probably every one of us in this room has been touched by an encourager. Oops, did it go? Okay, is it doing its own thing? Anyway, okay, so... Um, by an encourager. And the first one that comes to mind is Dr. Jones. I'll tell you, there's probably not one of us who hasn't gotten a note in the mail, maybe a text, who hasn't gotten a pat on the back, who hasn't gotten that head shake with that kind of, you know, um, look that only Dr. Jones can give you. And, you know, I mean, what a man. Here he is over in his 80s and still being used by God in this body. So, you know, he's probably transitioned. Actually, I remember Dr. Jones serving on the Christian Ed Committee with me years ago. He transitioned off of that, but he's found his place. And so, you know, I think this is really, really great for us to um, be encouraged to find that spot. Um, it can come, encouraging can come in the way of notes, can come in text, can come in, you know, um, whatever it, it might be. Um, another thing would be praying. We've got um, a, a group of ladies, um, and I'm not sure if any of them are here tonight. Oh, maybe there's one here tonight. But a um, group of older ladies who has joined together when we have Bible school, and they pray us through the week. We give them updates on what's going on. They pray for children by name. They pray for teachers. They pray for things that we don't want to happen. They pray for things we do want to happen. And um, so it really, it's a great thing um, 
you know, for that, um, for us each to be used in our way. And I know what I'm saying tonight. I know these things are not new. In fact, y'all are probably going, I know this, but sometimes we need to be reminded of these things in our lives and we need to go, okay, you know, I'm going forward. I've got some goals. I've got some ambition for what, what's next. Um, and kind of that brings me to this is that this whole idea is a process. Um, processes don't happen. When you think about when they're, you know, you send meat, you know, uh, venison, for example, you first got the part of shooting the deer and then it's going through the whole process of all the steps to get it to that when you get your venison sausage or whatever. It's a process. Just like um, the church is coming alongside to reinforce what is being taught in the home. Um, So, you know, um, each of us as we feed into the lives of these children. And again, children from young to our teenagers, even our college age kids. It's a you know, great, great opportunity. I'll tell you what, years ago, uh, Tim Fortner, who was the previous or several pastors ago, he would say, um, press the gospel to your children's lives. And I remember hearing that and I remember thinking, okay, great. I'll do it. And then they'll become a Christian and then we're good. And I, I realized after a while, Tim wasn't done there. What he was saying is, press the gospel, but it keeps going. It's not, it's a process. And it, it's pushing them towards sanctification. And obviously one day when we meet Christ, glorification. But um, I loved that, um, that whole idea of pressing the gospel. Another thing he said, and this specifically going back to the infant baptism was, Never a day that your children wouldn't know God's grace in their lives. And you know, um, I hope for my own children that they can look back and not see days where they were plagued by sin before Christ became their answer. Um, That they, um, and, and obviously kids become believers at different ages and we can't always, you know, have controls over that. But I remember those things that were really um, encouraging for me as a parent, I can't stop. I can't stop. I can't stop. Um, not that it's dependent on me, but that I am part of that process to help, um, bring them around. Um, all right. So I know we've talked about just kind of the home, the body of Christ and how, where we might fit in that body. And then now just kind of, how do we minister to our kids? How do we minister? And can you get to that one or not really? Okay, that's okay. All right, how do we minister to our kids? And, um, you know, I think they, it's the, okay, the start, I've put, written the word start on there, but we might as well just put finish on there too. Um, start with God's word. And, um, you know, he's promised that he will not let his word return void. And, you know, I've taught all kinds of kids of all kinds of different ages, and I don't always find them um, hard to teach, which too bad, because if I did, then I'd feel like I needed to depend on God more. But I did run into one um, instance that it was, I I was asked to share or do the Bible story at a special needs Bible school. And I have a couple of you in here helped out with that. And I'll tell you, if you've ever felt inadequate and un, like, how do you prepare and what do you do? Um, But special needs are a challenge. And to communicate the words from God's word, it's like, which ones do I use? And I, you know, what was so neat is that we prayed about it as we were kind of going into it, the ladies that we did it together. And you know, what's neat is that God takes our, where we're weak 
he's strong. And so his word of promising that he will do what he intended for it to do, his word, was really encouraging. And you know, we don't know the results of that day. Um, and I don't know the results of, and when I said before that it's easy to teach classes, I think part of that is because I've had so many of my own children and I've had so much opportunity to teach my children. Not that I'm an expert teacher, not that, but I think I've had, and I've probably learned all the things not to do. So if you need help with what not to do, I can probably help you out there. But um, anyway, teaching that special needs class was just a really great reminder that God's word, first of all, it doesn't need help. God will do what he intends for it to do. And, um, And we just need to be, first of all, we need to know it. And, you know, I think that's, um, a couple places I can just think of, um, encouragements and admonitions, but from um, 2 Timothy, where it talks about studying to show ourselves approved workmen that don't need to be ashamed. Um, And the way we do that is we're in God's word. We're praying. We're in Bible studies. We are exposing ourselves to good materials. And and then we're taking the time to think on those things. Um, Bible memory is another great one. And I know that's not for everybody and that's okay. But we all um, can somehow expose ourselves um, to God's word. Um, just another reminder is in 2 Timothy, it talks about um, Timothy being encouraged not to forget the um, uh, things that he was taught from a young age. And, you know, uh, I think as we, again, going back to God's one story, and we think about all those parts of the Bible that he's given to us, and he's encouraged us with um, Timothy being taught as a young age. He's being taught for, um, it's going to be profitable for him for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for um, training in righteousness. What, what more do you need? Um, what more do we need? It's, it's there for us. So kind of, you know, going off a little bit more practical being exposed to all those things is good, but also exposing ourselves to materials that have eternal um, kingdom focus. These are the things that are rubbing shoulders with, you know, what's happening in our lives. How, how do we deal with things? G- getting great music that we're listening to, podcasts, sermons, books, um, news sources. You'd be amazed at what, if you hear good news, meaning news that's good journalism, how that makes your, you think and how bad journalism can really rub you and make you into a kind of a cranky person sometimes. So things like that, children's radio drama, we've got lots of outlets. So I'd be happy to suggest any specifics to you. Ask the people, you know, that you're around, hey, what do you listen to, you know, for this or whatever. Um, Our world now of technology is wide open, amazing. All right. So last thing I want to kind of hit on is... Um, how do we put this boots on the ground? What do we do? So a lot of you have volunteered to teach Little Church. And I'm going to specifically address that now just because um, I know we've got classes in all different ages. um, And some of you teach in all different ages. But I'm specifically going to talk to something like teaching Little Church, which would mean any any children in that age. Um, Teaching Little Church, first of all, is a labor of love. So any of you who do that, thank you, because it is tough. The kids have been at church for almost two hours, and then you get them when they are ready to go wide open. And so, and you've still got 30 minutes left. Um, So thank you for teaching them, first of all. And these are just going to be some um, uh, 
things, thoughts that will be helpful. Before I get to that, let me just preface it by these few things you could do that would really prepare you to be better um, for that is be on time. Um, if you're on time, honestly, you're not rushing around trying to get those last thing, minute things and do whatever, but be on time. It gives you some calming effect to your classroom, to you, to what's going on. Um, be prepared. Have your supplies ready. Don't go, oh yeah, here, I'll be back, guys. Um, but, but have your supplies ready. Have your mind studied. Um, it's amazing. And hey, there isn't one of us who's probably not done these things. And that's okay. We, we go through those moments and we go through those moments and say, not doing that again because that didn't work. So, um, you know, but, but as we're looking forward to teaching, prepare ourselves in that way because those children, as they come into your class, they don't have the same plan that you do. Your plan is, we're all going to sit here, then we're going to learn this, and that's not usually their plan. Um, because you may have a child who has to go to the bathroom. You may have a child who all of a sudden feels sick. You may have a child who came in that morning and something bad happened. Whether they got in trouble, a parent, you know, a, a grandparent died or something like that. Something's bugging them. So those kids are coming with something different than what you're planning on that classroom looking like. So the more prepared you can be, the better it'll be um, for you to go into it with them. Um, some thoughts on this is... Their thoughts and stories are important to them, okay? So you're teaching about the ten or the um, plagues and you get to the frog one and you're telling the story and you're like, they're following me. And there's a little kid over there raising his hand and you're like, okay, I'll call him. And he starts telling you a story that long about the frog that jumped in his pool that then whatever. And, and it's hard to go no, not now. But you know what? That story is important to him. And he was listening because he heard frogs in your story. Bring them back in. Somehow reel them back in. Let him know. And list, but listen to his story as much as you can. Um, but that kid will all of a sudden go, hey, I got to tell my story. I feel good about me. Okay, carry on. He'll start listening to you. So I would say, keep that in mind. Their thoughts and their stories are important to them, and they should be to you. Um, know that small children need to move and change scenery. And I say that, and a thought for Little Church is, maybe do your story that you're going to tell on the rug. Have them sit there. For the next part, get them up, and maybe you're going to teach a um, Bible verse. Make sure that verse is something age-appropriate, meaning that they can handle that, that many words and maybe do the, the first verse in a small voice. Then do the second verse or, you know, the, the, the chant again in a big voice. Then maybe do it in a turning around voice, all within control. But I'll tell you, you will snag those kids. They will go for it. They love to move. They love to be part of what, what you're, you know, asking them to do. So um, another thing is there are instruments in the closet. Get a song that they know, that they're familiar with, and that's your time of worship. And explain to them what we're doing. We're praising God. Give them an instrument. And you're marching around, and they're wearing themselves out a little bit. Not much, but, um, but they're moving, and all of a sudden, you'd be amazed. They'll come back, and they'll sit down when you ask them to. And all of a sudden, you've got 10 minutes that you can then teach them something else about. Um, children can always do more than you think. 
okay? Don't underestimate what they can do. Now granted, if your classroom is out of control and they're all going, somehow you're gonna have to think fast on your feet, okay? What's my next move? And um, do that, but, but know that they can do more than you, you think they can and expect it, expect it. Um, call out children's names, it will help or will keep them focused and they will feel special. It's not a discipline by any means. In fact, it's not like, oh, that kid keeps disobeying. I'm gonna keep calling his name. No, a lot of it is just drawing them back in because all of a sudden when you say their name, they're like, their head turns. And um, it's a way to keep drawing them back in. You know, what do you think, Tom? You think that happened? Oh, wow, and Sam, did you hear that? Because then they're like, wait, did I hear it? No, I didn't. What was it? And so you draw them in that way. And that, and that just will help your class, um, depending on what age they are. Let them volunteer to hold things or pass things out. Kids love to be part of something. And, it, you know, if you can, and if there's a, whatever you have, if you can cut it in two, one person hold over here, one person hold over there, make some props. Kids work best off of um, a lot of visual and a lot of things they can either touch or be part of. So, um, you can do another thing with them is um, um, do a quiz or a game. Obviously, on Sunday morning, you know, it might be better to keep it down just a little. Wednesday night's a little more wide open because um, they're coming to you with a ton of energy. But anyway, ending it to say, um, going back to that word might that we talked about, um, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Colossians 3.23. So anyway, I, I do um, feel like we've got our work cut out for us. I hope tonight you've been encouraged. You've been challenged that you know that there's a lot of work we can do in the home. And hey, if you haven't been doing it in your home, that's okay. It's a good time to start new things, set goals, you know, branch out. And then as your part, and all of us are part of the body, we can, we can find our spot where we can plug in and do that and then do it with all of our might. So anyway, I will stop there with what I have to say. And um, if anybody has any questions or, um, and it can be about whatever um, specifics about classes, about ways you could plug in here at Lawndale, um, any specific questions, suggestions, um, we are always open to taking new ideas. So does anybody have anything they would like to say? Crickets? All right, well, good. Well, Bill, it's yours. I'm finished. Okay, okay I will. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for putting us here in this time and this place. Thank you for giving us each other that we need um, to be complete. And Father, we thank you for um, the teachers, the musicians, for the elders, the deacons, the many who serve behind the scenes in the kitchen, for those that um, do office work. They're, the list is endless. Um, there are many that I'm, I know I've not hit on. But we are your body, and we are best complete when we are doing where we fit and where we um, um, are gifted. And so I pray that we would find that. And as we think about our children here, in whatever way it is, we can come alongside to encourage the families, to encourage the homes, and um, to encourage the growth of our children. This is the future um, in, in our world here till you, your kingdom comes. But we pray that you'd help us. Help us to be um, 
just encouraged tonight and challenged and strengthened um, in what we know to be true. Use your word to grow us. In Jesus' name, amen.